0: spiritual warfare, but tonight we're going to be hitting that as well as, uh, and I didn't know really what to call it, but preaching with a purpose, and um, is something that I ministered on before, but I felt led to this area because there are so many people that just don't really know. They only know what they have been told, what they've heard. Um, There was a post made, and it's true that uh, a lot of Christians today their theology is based off of what they have heard and not what they have been taught by the Word of God. Uh, so tonight we're going to get into that. And in Second Corinthians 10, verses 1 through 6, uh, Paul is speaking, obviously, to the church of Corinth. But he said, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who, is in, pre- who, who in presence am base among you, but being absent, am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as if we had if we walked according to the flesh for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So uh, Paul, obviously addressing, and I always found it uh, kind of ironic, but I understand now why it says what it says, but he was bold when he wasn't. Uh, when he was away or absent from them, but he didn't want to be bold when he was with them, meaning that I hope that you take this correction, and I hope that you'll understand what we're talking about and what we're dealing with, because uh, what we're, what's going on in this nation, what's going on in this world is nothing new. It's been going on, uh, really, since uh, Satan was cast from, uh, from heaven. Uh, he has desire to take his many with him and still desires to do so, and he don't stop. I don't know if any of you, um, unless you live in a bubble, um, obviously you face life and you face real situations. But spiritual warfare has been deemed a lot of things. And uh, we, we, we dance around the situation or the scenario, but uh, we know what, or we will establish what spiritual warfare is not. It's not taking a city by force. It's not marching in with your Bibles and hitting people in the head. It's, it's not... Uh, Screaming at people, it's, it's not stomping your feet and screaming at the devil, and, and it's not a dance, it's, it's not anyone releasing anything. There's a lot of people now that say, I'm releasing this or that or whatever else. The last time I was, uh, well, I've never read the word and, 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 and understood that I have the ability to release anything to you. It can be released to me by the Holy Spirit, but uh, obviously I can operate in those gifts. But spiritual warfare is about preaching, protecting, and and proclaiming with a purpose the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're going to get into all of this, but first we're going to hit through some stuff with with preaching. And you say, well, I'm not a preacher. You're a Christian. You're a believer. You're a proclaimer of the gospel. We are to preach the gospel. I, I say it all the time. People get preaching confused with pastoring. And, and I'm called to pastor, but I'm also a preacher of the gospel as well as you. So this war going on in, in the heavenlies, we can't see it, and it'd probably scare us to death if we could because the devil, don't, he don't care anything about you or me or anyone else that may watch or is watching. He don't care about you. It's not a political uh, battle. It's not a, 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 uh, a racial battle. It's a spiritual battle, and it's going on in the church. And what we've done in the church is we've we've fell victim to the the way of man and the handling of spiritual matters through earthly means, and it don't work. We it's, it's about whether the church will stand up and, and preserve, preach the gospel. So so how do we do this? How do we preserve it? How do we is to proclaim the gospel. When you read in Romans 10, it's, it's basically, how will they hear without a preacher? Who's going to go? Who's going to tell? So, so by presenting the Bible through preaching and teaching and evangelizing, by living the gospel, I, I, we're obviously teaching uh, uh, a Bible study in Galatians, and tomorrow we'll pick up with that. We had to move some things around, but we're getting into the gifts of the Spirit. And I made a post the other day, and I've said it before. We talk about milk and meat of the Word. And, and, and especially us Pentecostals, we like the gifts of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Spirit is milk, the fruit of the Spirit is meat. That's the meat of the Word, because if you're not living and fruit's not bearing in your life, then we're just making a bunch of noise. You should desire both. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and they should be operative, and you should desire that, but there's more to it than just that. The only way for the church to lead one to salvation is by a move of the Holy Spirit. Hear me. Because it don't matter how well I communicate. It doesn't matter how well and orchestrated and smoothly things go. Without a moving and operating of the Holy Spirit, one would not be drawn to salvation. Because it's the Holy Spirit that draws us. He draw, even when we don't know it, he's drawing us that desire, that burn, that urge. Think about when you were, a, when you were a, uh, not in Christ, and that moment that you surrendered to Christ, that feeling that you were going to explode inside. It wasn't you getting sick, it's the Holy Spirit drawing you. So the moving of the Holy Spirit has to happen for one to come to salvation. The, for, and then also the moving of the Holy Spirit has to happen for the believer to continue to grow. So we come to the understanding how, by the operating of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we come to the understanding of the finished work of Christ, and you'll never completely come to that understanding, but you'll always grow. You'll always learn more. So this present course that much of the church is on is not standing up, protecting, and preaching the gospel. It's not. Many spend countless hours, they brainstorm trying to figure out the next great thing they can come up with, what can we do to interact or make people feel welcome or comfortable, create the environment, uh, and, and I understand all those things. But we've got away from seeking the Lord and we've sought each other's opinions and each other's thoughts and pulled from other pastors and what works there. Listen, I wanna, I wanna, we support Brother Swagger in that ministry, but I am not Brother Swagger, Obviously. I'm not going to try to be him. And, and, and what he does, he does well. And what he's been blessed with, praise God for that. But that's not, that's not me. I'm going, to, I'm going to preach and deliver how the Lord placed it upon me and deliver it in that style and manner. So we've, we've tried to act or replicate mannerisms after other people. When, when we're called by God to be who he's called us to be, and if you'll do that and walk in that, you'd be surprised at how effective the Holy Spirit would be through you because then you would be truly relying on him, not just a practiced skill. So... John 14, 16, it's, it's not talking about an environment or setting. Jesus was speaking. He said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I say this a lot. If we were called to be comfortable, why in the world would the Holy Spirit come to comfort us? If you're always comfortable, you don't need comfort, right? Ministry is not comfortable. <laughs> In any capacity, it's not comfortable. So there is, there is a comfort that we need as ministers, as teachers, preachers, evangelists of the gospel. That's all. We've all fallen into some of these ca- categories or more. We all fall into this, but we need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. So he sent that comforter, why? So that we would know what to do. We would know where to go. We would know what to say. So if we weren't meant to, again, be continually comfortable, if we were meant to be that way, he wouldn't have sent the comforter. So it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the believer, you and I, to the true understanding of the finished work of Christ so that in turn the believer won't just point the way. They are are more than ready to also show the way. There's a difference. Big difference. The purpose of the Bible is to tell the story of redemption and how to live once you have been redeemed. There's a lot of this word that tells you how to live. Coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is the the greatest miracle of all. But then what? (laughs) Oh, man. The greatest battle of your life has begun. And here's where the church has gotten off track, because we've given them a list of things you must do. And they try to perform, and they figure out they cannot, so they get tired, and they just throw the towel in and say, man, I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing. What is the message? It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. The message of the cross, if you, want to, if, you, if, if, if you will. It's the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. It's to be preached in totality, all of it. Not just nitpick or cherry-pick, all of it. John 3, 16, if you take notes. This is the word to the sinner. This is the word to those that are perishing. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever, whosoever has no stipulations, Whosoever has no, zero stipulations. Whosoever doesn't have a skin color. Whosoever doesn't it, does it have a, 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 a clean slate or a, or a uh, tattered slate. Whosoever will. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave it all up just so he could have you and me. Good Lord have mercy. This is the verse, this is the preaching to those that don't know the, 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 the they don't know uh, know Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's what we need to preach. That's what the lost need to hear. For God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave up His very best just so He could have you. First Corinthians one and eighteen. This is the this is the message to the church. You have one to the to the. Those that are perishing, those that don't know Christ, and there's also a message to the church. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. They don't understand. I don't even know what you're talking about. As far as they know, we're, talk, we're talking about a piece of wood. They don't, they don't understand this. For the, message, or for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to, uh, to us which are saved, me, you, uh, whoever else, it is the power of God. There's no other, no other reason to preach anything else other than the word of God because it is the power. It's him speaking. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. You go on later, it, 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 he, he, he became flesh and it, he dwelt among them. He preached, Jesus Christ preached the word of God. Nothing else. Those who reject the cross are, are perishing. They're dying, spiritually weakening. To those who are saved, we're, we're, we're saved. It's a present tense word verb. We are saved. You were saved. You're, you're, you are saved. You're going to be saved tomorrow, the day after that, and the week after that, and a month after that. Why? Because his blood don't quit working. His blood is continually working, but I have to know how, and it's by understanding God's redemption plan we don't rejoice because of what we feel but rather we rejoice because of what we know i love how brother larson says it. we become informed fanatics (laughs) you you, you ever you ever went to a, a a sporting event and there's somebody close to you that they don't know what they're watching but they're cheering anyway they don't even know and, and, and like at a soccer game, you, somebody scores a goal, and they're like, touchdown. Woo! And <laughs> wrong one. Or you know they're not baseball fans when they tell you that they scored four points in the yeah. inning. It's runs. Uh, but it, that, that it's fanatics or informed fanatics. You know what you shout. But the church has a lot of fanatics. But we need more informed fanatics. We need more informed. There's nothing wrong with about, about being fanatical for Jesus. There's nothing wrong about that, but be informed. Know what you're shouting about. I, I was called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do we know that he pulled us from that miry clay? When God's word is preached, when the word of God is preached to the believer, it produces that John 10.10 10 moment in life, and it produces it continually. That abundant, that abundant life. How? by the power of the Holy Spirit moving. The Bible, again, is God's redemption plan. It's detailed how little by little God revealed His redemption plan to all humanity until one day that the sinner can hear that whosoever believeth on me shall not perish but have everlasting life. You and I have a great responsibility. The saint can hear there's still power. There's still power to change you even after you've been saved. Again, I will reiterate what we are, or what our mission, if you want to call it that, it's to save the lost and grow the saved. That's it. That's it. Why? Because the Word of God takes care of both. If you're not hearing the right message, you can't move forward. Hear me. It's important what you hear. It's important what you subject yourself to. It's important to, to, to understand what you listen to affects you. If you're not hearing the right message, if you're not, when I say right message, it's the Bible. It's not the, it's not the deliverer. When you're not, you're not hearing that, you can't move forward. It's not about $5 words or deep thoughts. It's not about how well I can pronounce, pronounce words. And if you've been here any length of time, you know that I really can't do that very well. I just, I just can't. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't do anything. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't move forward because why? You cannot change you. I can't change me. If I could, you can't. If I could, then Christ died in vain. We're here tonight. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit to continually change you. You don't just say, I got all I needed uh, yesterday and I don't need you anymore. You continually need him. If we went out to our house and cut the, the line that's coming in, feeding the power to the house, we couldn't say, well, we had power yesterday and we'll be good for the rest of our lives when we cut the supply. If we did, we'd probably die, but you don't do that. So when you're not hearing the correct message, you continue to run on that treadmill of religion because you're trying to hit that list of do's and don'ts and you're trying to engage in a battle that does not belong to you. We've forgotten, we've gotten spiritual matters mixed up with physical matters and we've taken the spiritual issues out on the physical people. But when you get a hold of the truth and more importantly when the truth gets a hold of you and you preach it, teach it and live it, the power of the Holy Spirit begins to move and things begin to change including us. I don't I'm not the same person I was in 2013 when I came here. Yeah, I'm the same name and all that, Jazz, but I've been changed. Praise God. I want it to be changed again and again and again. Christ came to fulfill the law. He did that at Calvary's cross. He said himself, it is finished. We just went through Easter. <coughs> and we spoke of this and we talk about this. So if it is finished, then why are we trying to do more? So the preaching of the cross, again, is the story of the Bible to both the sinner and the saint. So when you hear somebody say, we're preaching the cross... You better be preaching to both, the sinner and the saint. If you're preaching the cross, which means you're preaching the Word of God, the entirety of it, you're preaching the Bible. It's not just a phrase. You're preaching the Bible to all. So that's the process of God. When you get saved, you can't change because of what you do. There's no spiritual payoff for physical activity. So we, we've taken that and we understand this. I can't do anything to save me, but yet once we get saved, we tell people that you've got to join yourself to this, you've got to involve yourself with that, you've got to do this, you've got to read this much, pray that long, you've got to go to this many services a month, you've got to pay this much in, in the offering or whatever it may be, and, 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 and you're pushing physical things to reward them spiritually, and that don't work. It's not about the things we do. It's about what's already been done. You change because of what He did. And He, Christ, now dwells in you. That's how we become this new creature. And when we keep our faith in what He did, guess what? You'll continue to change. You are saved by faith through grace. There is no other process, any other process than grace and faith is law, and you're moving all the way away from anchoring your faith in Christ, and you're going to put your, 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 your faith in things that you can do. I'm free. You're free if you are in Christ. We're free from the power, the dominion of sin. We're not free from the presence of sin. It, it, don't, it don't go away. The the dominion, the power that it once had on you is no longer there unless you allow it to be. But it don't have dominion over you. It's there. You don't believe me? Go drive down through 16. I don't know where 80% of the people right here get their driver's license, but they need to go back to driver's ed. Me and Summer and the kid and the girls we were going to our mom's today. A tractor trailer just blew right. I knew it wasn't going to stop right now. And it, didn't even, it didn't even yield. Just woof. And me, Mr. Lawabiter, I was like, I'm going to get that truck's name. I'm going to call him, tell him, brother, I don't, I don't know who's driving this thing. But you need to get them off the road. <laughs> but I couldn't see the name of the truck, so whatever. He got away. But anyway, we're not under law, we're under grace. It's by grace and faith that I'm sanctified. It's by grace and faith that I'm justified. And by grace and faith, one day when Gabriel sounds the call, I will, you will be glorified. Not because of what I did, but because in whom we believe. The process never, ever, ever changes. It won't change. It don't matter if it's 2021 or 2022 or 1932 or the year 21. It don't make no difference. Uh, So here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I thought you were talking about spiritual warfare. We'll get there, maybe, if we got time. So when you understand redemption, Christ and him crucified, it took Christ to redeem the world. He's the source. The cross was the means. So when you get that, you don't wonder where to place your faith. I'm placing it right where it should be and in, 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 in anchoring it right there where everything was afforded to me. Paul said, I I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So the focus was not on man, it wasn't on his ability to to, uh, uh, convey the message. It was anchored right where it should be, in Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, the one who changed his life. So your faith will not be in what we do, but what he did. It's all about Jesus. Nothing else. There's some things that the believer needs to do. It's okay to evaluate yourself. You should. You should evaluate your life. What do I subject myself to? What am I listening to? What am I I availing my, my ear to, if you will? And when you evaluate what you're listening to, it has to be done in this manner Is there an operation of the Holy Spirit? Is there an operation of the Holy Spirit? The power of the Holy Spirit. Is there a full, complete presentation of the gospel? Is the message pointing to the cross? Or is it pointing to the man? If if not, you need to turn, uh, turn it off or you need to leave it all alone. If it's not pointing to Christ, if it's not pointing to the answer, you need to walk away. Why? Because that's not the gospel. It's a carnal message. I'm not here to beat people up, I'm not here to, I'm here to tell people you don't have to live miserable, you don't have to, you don't have to be miserably saved, you don't have to engage in a battle that was not designed for you, because you can't handle it anyway, nor can I. In 1 Timothy 4, uh, 1 and 2, it talks about many will depart from the faith. They'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That sounds crazy, but it's true. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience sealed with a hot iron, some people don't even want to hear anymore. How how does this happen? By rejecting the the moving and operation of the Holy Spirit in one's life. You have to be on guard. The message of the Bible is the message of the cross. And I, I want to be clear tonight. It's not just words. The message to the world, again, is John 3.16. The message to the church is 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 18. So then by grace and faith, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, by grace and faith, then you move into the object of faith, which is 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. It's Christ and Him crucified. It's a process. You're taken from lost, no hope, wretched, you're miserable, you're worried, you're wondering, to you're now found in Christ Jesus. You're wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. Hallelujah. And you're beginning to go by grace through faith. You're beginning to realize that I don't need to place my faith, anchor it anywhere else other than where I found Jesus. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. I love this chapter in 1 Corinthians. I love chapter 2 because Paul takes the finger from man to Christ. What do you mean? And my speech and preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. We, ho- we, we holy rollers, we pew jumpers, we, we whatever you want to call us, Pentecostal folk, we like, to, we like to confuse the demonstration of the Spirit with what it really is. We've hit this before, and I just feel the need to come back to it. And, and in fact, the other week, Summer mentioned it in our Bible study. We think that, uh, that if somebody hadn't ran the aisles or, or sweated three gallons, if they don't leave with, with salt stains on their collar from sweating so much, they hadn't been a move of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, bro, you need to get some degree 48 hour protection. You whoo! like, why are you so hot? But this is what we think. That's not it at all. Or we think of somebody. We, we think that if somebody were were healed from had a lame leg, that's a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's a a a moving of the Holy Spirit. That's a that that's an operation of the Holy Spirit. But a demonstration of the Holy Spirit is simply when the anointed Word of God, and it's anointed, is preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and you get it. The light bulb goes off. Ah! Oh, this is the old wretched man that I am. That moment in your life, well, wow. That's a demonstration of the Power of the Holy Spirit because he's taken you from self and you began to deny self and you realize the old man's dead, that I'm going to leave him there and I'm no longer going to place my faith in people or things or denomination or what has been going on, I'm going to place it in the power of God. A demonstration, again, is when the preacher... It's not, it's not when we lay hands on people. It's none, of, it's none of that at all. But it's when God reveals the anointed word of God to you. You ever been reading the Bible and you're like, What? What? When those moments happen to me, I always push myself away from the desk. So I'm like, Wow! This is crazy! This is... This is... What in the world? I, I mean, I've probably read... I've, something I've read thousands of times, and I'm like, what in the world is this? It never stops. He never stops working. Faith come by hearing, not just with the physical, but from within. It resonates within you. It takes a move of the Holy Spirit to open your heart and to plant truth into it. Because without Him, you wouldn't receive it. And when the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, He gives you the faith you need to believe it. (laughs) If we aren't preaching the truth that allows the Holy Spirit to move, then shut the door. Why are you coming? If we're not preaching the truth, the Word of God that allows the Holy Spirit to have His way and to move, then people will not have a true biblical faith when it comes to... Uh, uh, from the demonstration of the Holy Spirit to believe. we placed our faith in things, feelings, emotions. But when truth is preached and you get it, all of a sudden the light bulb comes on and you know you got it, you know that I've got it from a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I know, it's the old timers would say, I know that I know that I know. I remember being a kid at church and i Somebody stand up. I'm like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? You know? Like, what are you stuck? Like, the record stuck? Or used to be a lady, she was like, I know that I know that I know that I know. Preach, I know that I know. I'm like, what do you know? I mean, <laughs> but you understand that I know there is no way that I could get this within myself. You can t- you can accuse me. You can throw rocks at me. You can slander me. You can do all you want, but you can't take away what has taken place in my heart. I know that I'm saved. I know that my faith belongs and anchored where it is in the finished work of Christ. How do I know? Because He took a religious mindset and broke it and he made me humble and weeping before him and he changed my focus from people and and places and, and 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 all of this stuff to what he's already done now all of a sudden my faith is anchored right and you go to verse five of, of chapter two and first corinthians he says that your faith should not stand get this people we may not get very far tonight that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. This is a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit. When all of a sudden, hope understands, I, I, I got all I need with me all the time. And even when I'm writing, she, she said, Jason, can you call me up? Would you pray? Yeah, I'll pray with you. But she understands. I got access. I, my wisdom or my my faith is not in the wisdom of man, but it's in the power of God. So it takes the pre- if you preach the truth, the word of God, teach it, live it. It takes the pressure off of you because you're not scared to let people go and let people grow and let people be used because you understand that they have got their faith anchored in the proper place. I'm to preach the truth, to build you up to the fullness of Christ. And and then I'm to get out of the way. What what, What? You know what? When I got married to the most beautiful woman in the entire world, my mom and dad no longer told me what to do. They nurtured me, they brought me up, they taught me, and then they got out of the way. And they knew that they had taught me well enough. They, they prayed they did and they did. Taught me well enough to know that I wasn't going to go rob a store in a bank to make ends meet. I was going to do what I was supposed to do. If, if we would be mature as believers and understand, especially as pastors, and I, I guess maybe I'm speaking to them just a little bit, that I, there is no jealousy or, or no, no intimidation or, or worry that you're going to take the pulpit from me. I'm just going to preach the truth and let you grow, and I'm going to get out of the way and watch you keep growing and watch you begin to plant and water and then watch the harvest come in and do the same thing over and over and over and over I guess we could title this thing about a thousand different messages, but we need to be crying out for the anointing of the Holy Spirit so that when we preach, people experience a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That, (laughs) man, this is, wow! What? He did it for me? Yes! They, They might not run, they might not shout, they might not... Run to the altar. And, and hear me clear, if you're, if you're in ministry, and the, the effectiveness of God's Word, the anointed Word of God, is not determined by the response of people. Because I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes y'all look at me like I am a foreign object. And maybe I am. But I can't let you, if all would come to the altar, we would say, boy, we had church. woo but if I preached until I couldn't speak another word and nobody moved the power of the Word of God it was the same. My faith is not my my faith is not anchored in the movement of people, but it's in the power of God so so we can. Began to demonstrate or see that demonstration of the Holy Spirit take place in people's lives, and they began to grow, and they began to change, and they began to seek the Lord because they're hungry for Him and not the minister. Hello. What? Ten minutes. We should have bought more airtime. We need to have a council meeting. Uh, We're we'll probably not going to get through this, but we'll go as far as we can. Ephesians 4 tells us that, is, that, 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 that he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, and I believe there's some people that just got confused on all of them. They don't even know what they're doing. I'm going to be nice. But what did he, what, what did he do? What, what, what's the one thing in common for all of them to preach? The Word of God. Well, will people go, well, no, no, the Word says for the perfecting of the saints. It does. But how does that happen? By preaching the Word. Huh. That's, oh, that's pretty genius. This is that's simple, right? By preaching Christ in Him, crucify this so one can experience a move of the Holy Spirit, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, to open our heart, to enlighten the eyes of our understanding, so that our faith doesn't rest in man's wisdom, but in the power of God. Summer, if you don't feel well next week, I may continue this teaching, because I really don't think I'm going <laughs> to do it. But then they go out, and, and, and when that happens in their life, they go out, they do the same thing, they preach. Man, you don't have to. I get excited. I try not to. I can't help it. I don't. I don't uh, come in and say, "Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get loud tonight." That's not my intent. But I just get excited because, man, what happened in me? I want to see happen in everybody. I want to see those lights like it was like I was working with like a, like a like a night light. <laughs> for years and then when the gospel truly got a hold of me it went from like a like a night light to a to like a the you know when the car sale lights the big spotlights it's whoosh, that's like what the lord did in my life and and when i read his word it's just like it jumps all over me because i understand that it's alive and it's anointed and it's for me and it's not only for me it's for me to share so that people can experience the same thing. So you go out and preach. To who? Your neighbor? Your co-worker? Your friend? Your ball coach? Your, your kid's ball coach? What do you preach? To the saved, 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. To the, to, the, to the lost, John 3, 16. You preach it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the demonstration of the Spirit will help you uh, preach. And it will help them uh, understand what's being said. The Holy Spirit will. Because if it's anointed and led by the Holy Spirit, listen, it will always work. I'm almost through the purpose part. We really don't have time to hit spiritual warfare. But anyway, any message that points you to, to faith in Christ and Him crucified. Any message. Any message that moves you away from law and toward grace. Any message that points you to the right object of faith but does not bring you to the purpose of it all is not the gospel. Hear me. Because there's a purpose. It's just words. Now, now God, it, it may be God's word, but listen, there's a purpose. The purpose is so that weight and sin does not dominate you and I as believers. We've preached, we've shouted, we've ran, we've danced, we've, we've done it all. We thought, man, if I can collect 12 bobby pins after service, it must have been a Holy Ghost hoedown. woo But if the purpose was never given, it's to change you, to change me. For us to continue to. To dig in deeper, to hold on tighter, to keep on keeping on. There's a purpose behind it all. And it's not just to get up here and spit and yell and leave sweaty. That's not it at all. It's a purpose for when you go witnessing, knocking on doors. There's a purpose for when you're speaking to the person at the checkout line at Walmart. There's a purpose when the Lord lays someone on your heart that may be in a restaurant or across and you you feel that drawing and, and you get up and you act like you're going to talk to them and you go to the bathroom. Then you go sit at, back down the Lord still put it in your heart. Well, I don't know them. They're eating. I'm going to wait till they get through with their food. The Lord won't leave it alone. Then you go talk to them and he just opens the windows and the, the doors of heaven and it seems like angels are all around the the table there and and just you have that glory. There's a purpose. It's because he desires that no one should spend eternity in hell. And we have a privilege to preach the gospel with a purpose. It's not just to be seen or heard as, oh, you're one of them, you're one of them Christian folk. No, the purpose there 's a purpose for what i 'm doing there's a purpose for why he called you to go ye therefore, and to teach all nations it 's not so they can say, "Well, my Lord, that Sonny is one intelligent fellow it 's so that he can share the good news, but we made it about us we will got to his spiritual warfare next week, but he made it, we make it about us if i ain 't preaching. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at church. Lord, they might not show up. I don't have a fan club. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we've made it about us, we've made it about our ability. They can't do it like I can. Well, maybe they can't. Maybe that's a good thing. Can I, can I just give some practical, uh, uh, since this is, we used to call this family training hour. Did anybody ever call it that? Besides our church that I grew up in? Wednesday nights was family training hour. And I was like, where's family training now? Now, honest to God, and I'm going to be stupidly blunt with you or or honest with you, (laughs) I was like 13 and I heard, I mean, I heard my whole life, but like 13, I was like, we're going to be exercising? I was like, what in the world's going on? But that was just me. But there's a purpose so that the weight and sin does not dominate you as a believer so that you can live free from the weight of sin that it it shouldn't shouldn't be there anyway but you don't feel the pressure, the, the penalty of it because it's been removed from you. That's why Romans 8 and 1 is so important for the believer to understand that there is therefore now no condemnation. None. It's gone. It don't matter what you did. Who cares? I think some people th- just find it shocking when they come to me. They're like, uh, I'd like to do something. I need to tell you about my past. I don't want to know about your past. Because I don't care. Who, are you Are you saved? Yeah? Okay, then who cares? That guy's, That guy, that lady's dead. Let's move forward. Let's go forward. Let's move forward. Why are we dangling stuff over people's heads anyway? Who cares? The demonstration of the Holy Spirit takes place in your life. You'll learn to have amnesia. could be a good thing. So, again, we're not free from the presence. Listen, we're not sinless. It's not sinless perfection. We're not free from the presence of sin. Sin shall not have dominion over you. It no longer rules your life. Romans 6, 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. But one day when Christ returns, we will live free from the presence of sin as well. But until he does, it's still here. I, you know, I mean, I used to hear about it all the time. I quit walking in the flesh, bro. I'm like, y'all don't live. You ain't doing what I'm doing. <laughs> I didn't understand. I, I thought we were just supposed to be, we were supposed to be good. That's not the case. Because I, I fell subject to the same trick over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Because my faith was in what I did or what I was going to do, not what Christ had already done for me. And realizing that I was engaging in a battle that I didn't belong in. So when the truth is preached, things happen. People get mad or people receive it. It's rejected or received. There's only one or two things. I have never heard this thing squeak. It maybe it does it on Sunday morning, but we need to do Can you WD-40 plexiglass? Or whatever you hear is. Y'all too quiet. I never hear this on Sunday morning. So when the truth is preached, it's going to be received or rejected. The truth will force you to look at yourself one way or the other. This is what law did. It showed you who you were, the mirror. But the one thing law could never change, the reflection. Only the blood of Jesus, only grace does that. So you'll find that there is still some pruning and purging that needs to take place. There's still some dressing of the vine that needs to happen. You look at yourself and realize, I might just need to quit blaming everybody else and figure out that I am a total wreck. That I need to change. The purpose of the gospel is taking place in my life. You'll never preach it with purpose until it happens to you. I remember Matt, when the first time he ministered, he was all nervous. He's like, like, I man, his exact words this is how I took it. I'm about to puke. I feel like I'm going to puke. I said, good. That's great. Get up there and blow chunks. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but I, tell you, I said, preach what you know. You may not have the understanding that I do, but you will. But if you don't, preach what you know. If you can preach, Jesus wept. Like nobody's business then preach it down. But if you don't understand spiritual warfare and the fruit of the spirit and you don't really I ain't really got a handle on all these things. I'm still growing, I'm still learning. Then stay away from it. It's still truth. It's still the word of God. Please listen to me carefully. Don't 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 dis, dis, disregard it. Learn. Ask the Holy Spirit to enlighten the eyes of your understanding. Learn it, but preach the truth. Preach the gospel. This is the fear for people. I don't really know what to say. I don't really know how. what if they ask me something crazy. You ever thought about saying, you know, I don't know. Well, that might make me look like a ding <laughs> Well, so what? Don't lie to them. I mean, I've been asked stuff since I've been here. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, who thinks like this? And I'm like, you know, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. I mean, I have never in my life, ever, ever, even remotely even contemplated about thinking about who Cain married. Because I don't care. But somebody asked me, I was like, I don't know. Sheba? I, mean, I don't know. I have no idea. That has nothing to do with any of this. Lord Jesus, help me. But we have unresolved issues in our lives. All of us. That need to be dealt with. And they're only going to be dealt with through the Holy Spirit dealing with you and us surrendering. And you'll never preach with a purpose. And you'll engage in in spiritual warfare in the total wrong way until you allow the Holy Spirit to address your field, your yard, weed your garden. I don't want to weed your garden, that's not my job, it's His. You, you can't do it without him. So, so, so why did God allow these things to, to stay around? Well, maybe just a couple more minutes. The clinging vines, they, they like to call or we say. Why did God allow these things? If I said yes to Jesus, then why do I still get irritated when they got a grocery buggy full at the express lane? Can't you read? So You got way more than 12 items. And I know that's stupid. But if if everything were gone, I wouldn't realize that I need him. 24-7, 365. I always need him. And for why he won't remove the thorn, whatever it may be, I don't know, but I know that his answer to Paul was my grace is sufficient for thee. So I got to receive that and just keep on going. So when when you... have this demonstration of the Holy Spirit take place in your life and the purpose begins to be revealed to you that you need to change, that I need to change. Then it's not just doing stuff. It's, it's Jesus in the morning or Jesus at noon time or Jesus at night. It's all about Him. Keep our faith anchored in Christ. Keep our faith. No, I, I kind of went a different direction, but it's all right. If, if Summer will allow me, if she don't feel very well next week. I will continue, and we'll actually get into spiritual warfare. But it's all all about Him. So so we need to come to this realization that we are to preach with a purpose, teach with a purpose, sing with a purpose, live with a purpose, and it's not to, to glorify or magnify us. It's to point everything, everybody, everyone to Jesus, period. It's a sad day when you can't talk about the goodness of God without being hammered and basically told you just posting devil stuff. You know what? There's always gonna be those that want the seat of the Sadducee. Stay there. I don't want a seat. I want to be found on my knees at his feet. If y'all wanna if y'all wanna sit on that, you stay there. If you want to throw rocks, do it. I don't want to. And I'm not gonna engage in that. I want to keep preaching with a purpose. And I want to see the Holy Spirit changing people's lives. I want to see those that don't know Him come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then I want to see those that have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, every time they walk in the door, be like, you won't believe what the Holy Spirit revealed to me this week through the Word of God. What wouldn't it be awesome? Just coming in church and 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 Sonny's like Matt, 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 come here, man! I gotta tell you something. It ain't about golf. It ain't about. It ain't about nothing. It ain't about me getting this black snake for Eva to be her hero. I gotta tell you what happened. I gotta tell you this. I I understood that that I was not weird. That 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 peculiar. That we are peculiar people. That I'm surrounded by Christ everywhere I go. What? How awesome would it be? It will be if we desire it to be. If, you, if y'all have something, I know I probably didn't help you out any. My apologies. My deepest condolences to you too. But I have given you full reign. I just want us here that's watching or will watch to understand That our faith is not in the wisdom of man, but it's in the power of God. Period. It's not in what you do. It's not in how good you do it. It's in the moving and operating of the Holy Spirit in your life and through your life. Sure, we desire to give our best. Nothing wrong with that. We desire to put out the best, if you will. That, that's why the piano's here. We, have, we ordered a keyboard so the sound will go through better for people that view online. But it ain't about that. It's about the Holy Spirit changing our lives. And when that begins to take place, you'll no longer feel like you have to get up and put on the mask of, of happy churchgoer today you'll be glad to go to the house of the Lord with other people that still have unresolved issues in their life that are desperate to see the Holy Spirit remove them all. That's what would happen. And and it wouldn't matter if you're standing at the door and somebody pulls up in a Rolls Royce and they get out and they tattooed from head to toe and look like uh, uh, just, just something wild or if somebody walked up in a three piece suit smelling like whatever I don't know something good <laughs> smell I don't know what that is you wouldn't look at him any different you'd be like brother <laughs> welcome to the house of change come on come on in because I don't know what you're hiding behind your suit or what you may be covering up with, with all your stuff but he does And he'll take it from you. And when you began to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, and in your life, and through your life, then you began to preach with purpose and not just words. Sure, I'm passionate. You should be too. Because I understand what the gospel did to me. Not the gospel. The the gospel is Christ. He was the word. He is the word. So we wouldn't just come in out of routine and just go home. We would come for a reason. And I don't, as you stand tonight, I don't know your reason tonight that you came. I want to tell you this. If you came just because it's Wednesday night, you came for the wrong reason. But if you came in expecting to encounter the life-changing power of the Holy Spirit, you're here for the right reason. So tonight I'm going to ask you as they sing or play, whatever it is, however you feel comfortable, if you want to come here or or at your seat, I want you to simply ask the Lord to to look at your life. Lord, show me what needs to happen. Let me preach this glorious gospel with a passion and purpose to, to the lost and to the saved. Change us, Lord. Change us. Come tonight and let him minister to you. I was always just there, kneeling. The Holy Spirit kind of reminded me just a passion, the desire. I speak for not only myself but summer is to see people grow in their relationship with the Lord. To to not place that wisdom in people but in the power of God. I've said before I I love to fish. And the Lord has called us. Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you of Amen. And I love to fish, but I don't like to keep it. And I've always carried that over, and I, I, I carry that over into, really, into ministry. I love to catch, but we also like to release. We've We've seen it happen here already, and I know we'll see it again, but I want us to understand that there's a purpose for what we're doing. And it's not to just say, look at us. It's to see the lost come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And to see those that are saved to grow in that walk. To not be ruled. and, 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 And to allow sin to have dominion. In and over their life. So I maybe next week I will get into actually what spiritual warfare is. But I, I do want you to remember what it is not. Not us running around screaming at the devil. The main key component is exactly what I just spoke, taught, preached, whatever you want to call that. It's making sure our faith is anchored in the finished work of Christ. Because then you will fight the good fight of faith and not engage in battles that you're not supposed to. So I encourage you as the week goes on, uh, if if you're available at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, uh, Lord willing, Summer and I will be live uh, with our Galatians Bible study. I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, I hate that we waited 22 years into our marriage to do it together, but, uh, you know, I enjoy it. And at uh, some point in time, after little Charlie's born, uh, we'll, we will take some Sunday nights and do that as well because it's just a, a, a good time to set. And I want people to grow. I, want, I don't want to just come up here and, and prance around and make noise. I want to see us grow as a family and see us grow as a church spiritually. And if you're growing spiritually, the numbers will take care of themselves. Right? That's fine. But we love you guys. Uh, pray for summer. Pray this, that Charlie will turn.
1: Uh, she, she,
0: the doctor said she thinks, or he, whatever, I don't know if it's she or he today, I think he thinks that Charlie's turned. but uh, pray that Charlie will turn. Uh, pray that my wife will get some rest. She can't sleep. I don't help her none, but um, she's the most important thing to me in this world. Let's pray for her. We love you guys. We will see you uh, whenever we see you, but be blessed.
1: We will see you soon.